Eh, things are fine. Yeah? Yeah, they're fine. Yeah. Cool. Ah, coffee. I got the coffee. I'm feeling good. I'm so happy to be home. You weren't even gone that long. You were gone I know. two nights or something. Yeah, it was really nothing. I don't know why, but I was happy to be home. You don't like going to Atlanta anymore. It stirs something for you. No, it actually is really, I've, it's, it's nice to be there because everything feels very familiar. Um, I treat it almost like I haven't been there before sometimes, but then I was making my way to Marta from Jared's house and I went this sort of back way and I was like, oh, I thought I should have been there by now. But I was like, no, because I know where I am and I know the Marta station's not there. So I just have to keep going. And I knew, you know, I just it, that kind of thing, like just felt familiar. I just knew what streets to go down on my scooter to not have the bad sidewalks oh, and stuff. No, scooter. Mm-hmm. Because I took the I took a scooter from the station to Jared's house. I took a <laughs> I took a scooter from the uh, art center station to the radio station. Yeah, I took the scooter around so I didn't have oh, to walk everywhere. Boy, I that's a mixture of laughing and weeping. Thinking of why it was really convenient cruising around. Those things still exist in Atlanta. I thought, oh my that god, they, they're everywhere. I thought that they finally outlawed it or something because there used to be piles of scooters. So it looked like um, the not the last time, but the time before I was there. I think there were more brands of scooter, and now there's just Lime and Bird. I didn't see any other types, but then there were some other like bicycles and stuff. Well, the fact that in Atlanta you're riding on the sidewalk. It says on the scooter. Do not ride on the sidewalk. Uh, yeah, you're not. You shouldn't be riding in the side. But well, Atlanta, the the drivers aren't used to having people. Yeah. In the street, in any form, I guess there's bicycles, and they can't stand the bicycles and the way they aggressively, you know, drivers pass bicycles. I understand that cyclists sometimes can be pretty annoying, mm-hmm. and you know, you're sharing the road. There's a complete disdain in the biking community. It seems uh, I, I, For look, cars? I can't, yeah, I can't say that I can't yeah. I can't attribute that to the whole biking community <laughs> on Reddit, which is not a proper representation of society. People who ride bicycles fucking hate car owners. They act like they're the scourge of the planet. Well, they're just on there complaining. So, of course, if you take that sample size of people going on there to complain, then, yeah, you're going to see people that hate them. And the few times I rode a bike in Atlanta, granted, very few. And it was a BMX bike. What a fucking idiot I was. Like I was 22 or something. I don't even know if you remember that bike. I probably took it to the radio station, 96 Rock, a few times. I don't remember you ever riding a bike. I think I got it from Kent. Surprise. I don't know mm-hmm. why or how. Just sometimes he had things that I liked and I wound up with them. <laughs> I'm not saying I stole them. but No, I'm the same way with Michelle. I end up like I wore something that when I went to visit her in Chattanooga and she was like, was that mine? Like, yeah, it was. Yeah, it's not like I'm stealing these things, but somehow I wound up with that bike and uh, I would ride it to the radio station a few times when I lived at 1660, which wasn't even a long ride anyway. Uh, But when I was in the road, the point is when I was in the road, I tried to be mindful of the cars and stay as close to the side of the road as I could so that they could pass. And there are certainly cyclists who want to give a fuck you to the cars like this is my lane. We share the road, which is true. And I guess if, if a bicycle wants to take up the whole lane, they can. But to me, it's not the smartest driving because when you're on a bicycle and I apply this to when I had the motorcycle and you can argue that it shouldn't be this way, but you really need to be responsible for everyone else on the road as much as you can. I get that, that it shouldn't be your responsibility, but the truth is people in cars, they do act like idiots and they are in these, uh, you know, very heavy, fast moving machines. And sometimes they get aggressive. Yeah. I'm not saying they purposefully hit you. Certainly there are times that some drivers are so insane they will hit somebody on purpose. Well, they'll do something like brake check you or something, which can feel like you're doing something, but then hopefully you don't actually do something, but then you might actually do something. It's just not worth the risk. It's like when I was riding a motorcycle, it's like it's not worth the risk. I, I, I should hope that other drivers take notice, don't try to get aggressive, but the truth is they don't care about you they're annoyed that you're 
in their way. And especially on a bicycle because you're going slower than on a motorcycle. So I would try to be mindful in Atlanta. Taking those scooters in the road does feel dangerous and there aren't it's, enough people on the sidewalk uh, walking, actually using the sidewalk. So maybe, you know, the sidewalk. Yeah, is it was fine. I mean, there were people that I would pass. And when there's a big enough space, you know, I just pass that. I give them, a, you know, big enough, wide enough berth to, you know, not freak them out. I didn't like zoom right past them. And then there were other times where, you know, like there was someone walking a dog and it was a small sidewalk. And so I got off the scooter and just walked it past them. Because I didn't want to freak them out. And I didn't want to freak out. You know, like once you get slowed down and like you're kind of like moving your wheels back and forth because you're trying to stay balanced. And yeah, you just got to be responsible. It's not that hard to be responsible. I can't say I've ever been on a scooter. Not not one of those. Listen, the walk from Ponce all the way to Midtown Station, it's not that far, but it sure was a lot faster on my scooter. Good. It was fun. Glad you had a nice time on the scooter. I loved it. <laughs> what do they cost? I don't know. I think sometimes like four bucks. Four dollars. Yeah, it was really cheap. Nah, that's expensive. No, you take, you take a, a Uber. A subway that. ride is well. They just jacked the price again. It's two ninety. Well, what now. I can't take a subway to the su- like I can't get to, you know. <laughs> I don't know the buses. I don't know what it costs in Atlanta, but here in New York, two ninety. So when a scooter's costing you four dollars, that's not cost effective. It's two fifty for a ticket on Marta. It's Smarta. But okay, so one of my rides. Oh yeah, it was like four sixty seven, four forty four, and then some other ones that took a lot longer. Were I took a nine dollar one. What Ubers? No, no scooter. Of $9. You can take an Uber in Atlanta for $9. No, but I couldn't find. So I rode the scooter from the station to Jared's house and I um, couldn't find the entrance. And then once I did find the entrance, it was this like back parking lot and it didn't. They were in this specific building, like building B, you know, and I couldn't find any signs that said what buildings I would be going into. So. I was like riding around and then I had gotten in and I didn't know how to op- reopen the gate back out. <laughs> so I like just was trying to figure out what's going on. And so then finally somebody came in and I followed them where they parked and I was like, hey, <laughs> how do I get out of here? And I'm like, oh, there's a button. It's hidden behind the thing. Oh, OK, cool. Thank you. And I got out and then I found it like I knew where to go after I got out. But like once I was inside this gated like parking lot area, I didn't know how to get back out and I didn't know what building I was looking at, you know, so that one took me a lot longer. So I was just on the scooter, like zooming around. Riveting. Shut the fuck up. You asked. <laughs> Staying at Jared's. You, I hope you checked the bathroom for hidden cameras. Well, I was hoping there would be one. I, I made a whole performance in there. No, come on. Stop joking around. I'm being serious. The way that guy used to stare. Shut up. <laughs> when you start, You're not started, being serious. When you started working at WSB and the way Jared would just stare at your chest, I think. Uh, he would go up and down. He'd like the, eyes, chest, eyes, chest, eyes, chest. And then would say, no, I didn't do that. <laughs> I mean, you'd call him out. You'd say, yeah. Yo, would you snap at him? Snap your fingers? No. I don't yeah. know what I did back then. Up here, buddy. I think I just talked about it afterwards and then was like emboldened enough to say, yet to argue back with him because he was so adamant that he wasn't doing that. I just when your stayed. reaction should be like, I was? Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm a pig. My bad. <laughs> you know, that's it. <laughs> I'm a pig. Oink, oink. It's very strange to me that you stayed at Jared's place. I don't know why. Oh, it was really fun. I loved it. Christina is so fun. She's so sweet and so fun and so energetic. It was a blast. And Jared was like real low key and sweet. And then when we got in the car, we sort of argued a little bit on the way back from Ted's after our listener lunch um, because we were talking about the waitress. We had this terrible waitress and he kept like defending her. 
you know, just like doing that thing that Jared does where it's like, well, you know, she was she's, you know, he, this is why this is why I was like, I don't care why she did a bad job. You know, she like kept arguing with me. But he wasn't like that in his own home. What argumentative? Well, I think he just gets maybe he gets like a little nervous or something, you know, and so then maybe he gets not argumentative, but um, like inexplicably positive. Where yeah, it's, it's like, a, can't it's, we just say that this person was terrible? Like, who gives a shit? You yeah, know? It's a it's sickness. Like, There's some kind of sickness going on there. Some kind of inability to feel uncomfortable about other people and to admit that things suck sometimes. Yeah, that could be true. I do. I do really believe that people who are overly positive, that's not helpful. It isn't. No, because it does um, deny other people's ability to feel their negative feelings. And it lets a lot of people off the hook, always making excuses. Ah, oh, well, whatever reason she was a bad waitress. Yeah, you know why she's a bad waitress? Because she despises the factor there in the first place and she doesn't want to be doing that job. Uh, if you'd known, no, 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 that's not why she was doing that's, that. That's exactly why. No, she wasn't bad. You don't know. Why do you talk about things like you know what happened? Oh, I know. I know. She because... wasn't a bad waitress because she was like, didn't attend to us. She was over familiar. She like tried to hang. <laughs> and then also just wasn't, weren't, she wasn't clearing her plates and like was handing us more dishes. So like, we, it's like, yeah, uh, I don't, I don't look, you're changing the story now. I don't believe you. you're just changing the story. I know humanity. I know the way they act and their <laughs> motivations. You don't. Okay. Welcome to one topic where Greg is always right. I'm Autumn Fisher. I like I was I actually like that you switched the tagline there. Yeah. Because I think we should drop the where we stick to one topic. Okay. Because we've come across this many times in our conversations on this show. Sure. It's it's it's, it's, it's evolved into something else. <laughs> it's 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 a dumb name that doesn't mean anything anymore, but now we're stuck with it. You can't just change the name in the middle. I don't think it's a dumb name. It's our name now. All right, look, it was a good idea. My name is Greg Russ. It was a good idea at first. I had this idea because when we talked about doing the podcast, I was like, yeah, it's just, everyone just does a podcast where they sit and they talk and all the fucking comedians gather around and think they're so interesting that uh, just by spewing words that they'll gain a captive audience who will laugh and slap their knee and and uh, their stomachs will hurt by the end of the show because they'll have been okay, giggling okay, so okay. much. And yes, keep going. And I, I just wanted to put some restrictions. I thought that uh, having restrictions to art because I mm -hmm. was considering this art, you know, it, it helps shape things. It can and can challenge you and push you down a path. And I thought, I don't know, if we just say we're talking about one thing per episode that will focus us, it will challenge us, It'll set us apart a bit. And now we're just like any other show where it's like, blah, blah, blah. let me talk about me <laughs> instead of no. socks and drains and trains. And we never planes. spoke and we never spoke about brains. We did speak about planes, kind of. Yeah, we talked about planes, we talked about trains. Probably talked I spoke about of strains. I spoke of trains. You I don't know what was going on that night with you. <laughs> It was boring. Oh, F off. <laughs> F it, was, off. <laughs> it was boring. Trains are well, you bring the, it up all the time. Don't bring it up. Trains are some of the least boring machines out there. Okay. A boat. And it's, I do. I, I, a canoe is boring. I did see a TikTok where this guy was crying because he finally saw this like special train that he went to see and it like blew its horn and he was like freaking out. <laughs> he loves trains. Good for him. Yeah, it's really cute. It's like, uh, I, I don't know. Is there anything in my life that has moved me to that point? Is there anything in your life that has moved you to that point? Yeah, something, of course. What? Something like that uh, you were music. so excited. Yeah, but that, that, look, that's different. Music, movies, sure, those things can move you. I'm talking about something that you have such interest in and you thought you would never get to see. And oh. it pops up in your life like, oh my God, I never thought I would be in this situation. And I've dreamt of this my whole life. 
I don't know, actually. I guess the closest thing to me, and I didn't seek it out, but when I saw it from the plane, the Aurora, when we were flying to hmm. China doing the polar route and looking out the window, seeing the Aurora, it was something like it. it it's not something like this. People certainly get in trains. When you brought that up, it made me think of radio engineers and how they want to go see uh, broadcast towers. And maybe, <laughs> right. Maybe like there's the one in Tijuana because in, in Mexico, the, the radio stations can be uh, 300,000 watts where in North America, not North America, because Mexico is North America, of course, idiots. Listen to me separating Mexico from the rest of the continent. There wasn't, there wasn't any kind of slip. Don't try to apply anything, any kind of meaning to that. Uh, in America, in the United States of America, 100,000 watts is the limit. So when these radio engineers get down to see that 300,000 watt flamethrower of a <laughs> signal, maybe they well up and yeah, weep openly. But uh, I know the, the Aurora was something that I thought would be cool and pretty and a natural event that's representative of the universe being bigger than us. Yeah, um, yeah, I could see that. And seeing it was pretty moving. I don't know. I think maybe. I, I don't think it's like a single thing. It's it's more of a I'm not as focused, I guess, on a single thing because I can sort of. I can sort of say that I've been very excited for s certain. Like experiences for Avengers Endgame. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like that. People like kissing the ground when they are in the theater for Star Wars. Wait, what's that? People were like so excited waiting in line for the um, Phantom Menace, you know, because it was like Star Wars is finally back. Oh, and they kissed the ground, huh? Yeah. And they like flipped out that they were getting inside, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> I don't understand. Like, I know there was a different world back then where you didn't have assigned seating and you had to actually show up to the theater to buy your tickets. So, you know, I, I'm assuming people got there hours early to make sure that they got the middle seat six rows back or yeah. something, <laughs> but kissing the floor Ugh, in a theater. Yeah. People look theater floors shouldn't be as dirty as they are, but people are such fucking pigs. I feel like they pour their sodas out on purpose. And well, I don't understand people that don't pick up their trash. They just leave it behind because they know that someone's coming in to clean up. But yeah. that's like saying, well, I know that there's a parking lot attendant, so I'm just going to litter like in the parking lot of this grocery store. Yeah, but this, no. this, this shouldn't shock you. This is uh, I'm not this, shocked, but I'm annoyed. I'm like, I think that's rude and terrible. There's a lot of entitlement when that's somebody else's job. Mm -hmm. And then they try to make that argument. And it's like, if I did this, then they wouldn't even have a job. <laughs> You're not right. <laughs> so what I'm doing is really empowering them to work. No, you're being a lazy piece of fucking shit. Yeah, that's mental gymnastics. But that, that would imply that the person on some level feels bad. It is mental gymnastics. I'm not saying you're wrong, but now I'm thinking about it more. Uh, so there's a level of self-awareness that I didn't ever attribute to these people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, I was like, whatever, I'm above it. <laughs> but if they are playing these mental games and on some level they feel kind of bad about it, or at least feel like they shouldn't be doing it and they know well, they I shouldn't think be doing not, it. I, I, they're being called out because if you say something to them, then they have to justify it. The inability for people when being called out and look, I know people go hard sometimes when they're calling someone out and they want to shame them and they want to make them feel bad. So, of course, the other person who's being called out is going to get defensive. But if you approached it in a constructive manner, I still feel like people would dig in. Like there's a real inability for whatever reason. It's like, hey, you know, maybe you shouldn't do don't don't throw your trash on the yeah. on the theater floor. Sure, somebody's going to come clean it up, but you're making it harder when the popcorn is strewn about Then they have to take out the broom and the other fucking thing and they have to bring out the mop if there's the soda. No, they don't clean up with a mop. Are you, If it's sticky, they've got it's to. It's a carpet, isn't it? I, I, Not theaters I go to. <gasps> oh. 
I'm not, I'm not saying that like it's a fucking fancy thing. It's a smart thing. Any theater that has a goddamn carpet is stupid. I, like Broadway theaters have carpets. I feel like movie theaters. I can't remember. I guess some of I them know. Did I guess you're carpets. right. Maybe it's partly carpet, and then there's like a not carpet, like I like part in the in front of it. I can't remember now. I, I I think I remember both ways where the aisle was carpeted and then where the seats are wasn't carpeted. But now I seem to remember theaters where there was carpet. Maybe the aisle wasn't carpeted. Yeah, I don't know. I saw a, a Pizza Hut yesterday that had like the whole Pizza Hut restaurant part in it. And I wondered what it was like in there. <laughs> what does it have to do with this? Is it carpeted? Is that Just uh, old things. I feel like before maybe everything was carpeted and now and then I was thinking about a old Pizza Hut and I wondered too like if I walked in and if they still had the Pac-Man like tabletop game and if I asked them like can I just take this they would be like sure because they don't give a shit. No I think they would say no way this is how we pass our time here at the Pizza Hut. Oh, man, many people- you think they play it? Yeah I would assume. Wouldn't you play it if you were working? Yeah, that's all I would be doing. But I don't know. I don't trust these kids these days knowing how to play stuff like that. I mean, maybe they would get bored with it. Sure. Yeah. Like, ugh, this is fucking repetitive and lame. I played it for five minutes and I had my fill. Right. Uh, Marta had carpet on it at some point, which was pretty disgusting. And I feel no. like trains in London had carpet on the floors. Ew. Right. Wait, no, it's not. The seats were upholstered on some of those trains well that makes more sense i i guess i just feel like everything should be a hard surface that can be easily wiped down and cleaned up because Mm -hmm. but it does make it sort of it's all plastic and it doesn't feel as nice no it doesn't aesthetically doesn't look as good well when when those upholstered seats start to wear down because the train's been in service for 25 years i think at that point the plastic would look a little bit better so yeah, that's a passion of mine. Okay. Tr- trains. It is. Just not to the point where I cry over a locomotive, but I do enjoy railroads. Why do you even, enjoy railroads? I don't know. I don't, Even as a kid, I just liked the idea of trains. Yeah. Except for when they blocked my, uh, you know, we we're trying to get to the library in downtown Kennesaw and uh, the train tracks that run by the General, <laughs> which is a big locomotive there. Uh, <laughs> whenever there was a train, a freight train, it's like, God, fucking damn it. I just want to get to the library. I point, never minded that. I thought it was kind of neat. They're so long. I know, but I like to see what, like, what is all that? You know? Ooh, what's in there? Oh, you can kind of see th- through the slats. I think it's cars. You know, it's neat. We also used to go to Marietta Square, and I think there were some railroad tracks near there, and we would put, like, my dad took it to us. Hey, he put we, quarters on the or pennies Quar- on the Yeah, rail. pennies. I was like, man, you guys were rich if you were wasting quarters. <laughs> yeah, we're putting dollar bills, y'all. <laughs> yes, the dollar bill. <laughs> uh, pennies. And I would think about what it would do to my finger. And I was always kind of curious. Ooh. And I wanted to put a chicken bone on the railroad tracks. A chicken bone? Yeah, but they don't... Uh, uh, chicken bones shatter differently than like human yeah, bones. Yeah, they splinter. Right? Yeah, so it wasn't a good idea. But I was a kid. I was a kid. I was like, because Idiot. of the... Well, seeing the way that the penny would flatten, I was like, oh my God, what would it do to like bones? And yeah. I had this idea of like a chicken leg. <laughs> just putting it on the track. You're just curious. It's cute. I get it. When I used to think about just strange things that you think about as a kid, I imagined... um like someone in your house being dead, like a family member, and that you would like just jump on them because you could like just like jump on them like a trampoline. When they're dead? Yeah. You would just jump on top of their body, like up and down. Yeah, because they wouldn't feel it. But what do you get out of it? I don't know. It was just something I just remember thinking about as a kid. Like if somebody died, you could just and for some reason it was like my dad, you know, if he died, I could just like jump on him, like bounce, like jump on him, bang, bang, like a trampoline. I don't I know mean, why I thought that. I think I feel like that's very illustrative of you and the way you view life. Instead of being sad that somebody was dead, you're like, oh, cool. Now I can jump on top of them. Well, sure. I mean, <laughs> There's- I guess part of that has always been in there. 
there's this air of eh, whatever things aren't so bad nothing's that big of a deal but i mean i would i would have dreams that you know one of my parents were dead and then i would wake up crying and then i'd be so happy that they weren't dead you know what i mean like i remember that sort of feeling of relief of waking up from a dream and finding out that it's not true but still like feeling the emotion of it but then being so grateful do you ever did you ever have that yeah of course and i yeah. I, I think that when you're younger you have more of those types of dreams where bad things happen in the dreams and you wake up and you're relieved that uh, it's not real. Bad right. things didn't actually happen. But as you get older, the bad things actually start to happen in your life and the dreams are the escape. And when you wake up from the dream, you're sad. You're like, oh my God, I'm back to this reality. Damn, you really turned that into- Where, where everyone Jesus actually Christ. is dying now. <laughs> everyone is getting older. It prepares older. you, right? Like you're you're, you're uh, just like play- is supposed to prepare you like a like you see animals playing and it's to prepare them for hunting or like whatever stuff like these bad feelings and dreams and stuff maybe it's to help you cope at some point like bad things do happen and they might one day so know that i was always enjoy, enjoy this now yeah i was always convinced when my parents would go out and leave us with a babysitter that something would happen like they'd get in a car accident when yeah because you have anxiety die. bro yeah, but I, I I thought for sure I hated I hated when they would go out. I had that for like a very short window where my parents would go out grocery shopping and I would get freaked out and I would call the grocery store and ask them to be paged. And then if they didn't answer the page, I would like call my mom's friend and she would come over and sit with me. She would what do you mean so she would just stay there until until they came back. And I'd be like looking out the window, like so worried. How old were you at this home. point? I really don't know. I might have been under. I might have been like nine or ten. I really don't remember. You're staying home alone. Yeah. And nine or ten. I don't, is that I don't remember. I really don't remember what age I was. When do you start staying home alone? I have no clue. I think... When you're 10, you can. <laughs> is, is that the law? I think. Is there For actually like a certain amount of time? Maybe? There's not really a set age, right? I, I think there is. Then leave child home alone. Eight years old, Maryland law. Weird. So there is law. Okay, wait. So uh, younger than eight years old, unattended, locked or confined to a home, car, building or other enclosure without proper proper supervision let's look in georgia between the ages of nine and 12 can be left alone for less than two hours and children who's, who are 13 or older can be that? left alone to perform the role of a babysitter 13 i remember 13 in georgia being able to babysit Woo. i like the idea that you know sometimes parking attendants parking cops go around and will put chalk marks on people's yeah. tires uh-huh and then they'll come back around two hours later if it's a two-hour limit, and they'll see that, oh, I've already chalked this, and they haven't left, so now I'm going to ticket them. Somebody going to people's houses and chalking their houses because right. oh, that kid at home's between 8 and 12, and they've been home longer than two hours. They put like a little piece of masking tape at the bottom of the door, and they wait <laughs> to see if it's been broken. Yeah, that's what they did to us in Washington, D.C. when we went there in eighth grade, so we couldn't sneak out of the hotel at night. Oh, I wonder if they did that with us, too. Maybe I just didn't know. I mean, where would we go? I don't even know where we'd go to other yeah, people's just fuck rooms. Around the, you know, yeah. Pull the, somebody pull a fire alarm. You'd go to other people's rooms. Mm-hmm. You could uh, get fingered. <laughs> I mean, I guess people in middle, middle school were doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I surely wasn't. I wasn't being fingered, nor was I doing the fingering. <laughs> no fingers for you. No, nah, there was none of that. I mean, that was the fucking trip where I busted my nose. Oh, on purpose. Well, I don't. Weeks before in gym class, like there was this uh, Jewish kid named Moses and he had a pretty big nose and this nasty little shit called him Noses. It wouldn't stop (gasps) calling him Noses. And I felt bad. I wasn't laughing or anything. So, you know, there could be a situation where I'm joining in with the little shit. I'm like, (laughs) and then he turns to me. And he's like, what the fuck are you laughing? I, I was just minding my own business. And he mm-hmm. turned his attention to me at that point, too. Made some comment about my nose. And 
I never thought about it before in my life. I was like, what? What the fuck? I, and I just obsessed over it. And I don't remember what happened in the weeks leading up to the trip to Washington, D.C., but uh, going on that trip, there was somebody I had a crush on. Her name was Kim. And from what I can recall, it's like I became self-conscious. I was like, oh, but she'll never like me because apparently I have this huge nose. And so I started, yeah, just like fucking pressing on the bridge of my nose on that bus ride up to Washington, D.C., to the point that by the time we got there, it was like all cut open. And That's a problem. And it stayed that way for years because I wouldn't leave it alone. Yeah. Made it worse. Made it worse because I wanted Kim to like me. But you should have enough. Like that, that should not happen. Well, if I found that little shit today, I'd slice his eyes out. <laughs> <laughs> no, kids are always going to be shitty. Kids are going to be kids. Oh, you probably had a bad home life. You don't no, no, know what was going around. on. You know what I mean, it. like sometimes kids are just trying stuff on. You know, you don't know. It's, it's not a, it's not it, shit just like that happens from kids. What, what I want for you is to look back and say, man, if I could go back, I would want to have the foundation of say, of thinking this guy is an asshole and my nose is my nose and it's fine and it's normal. Well, we live in a world where everyone's getting nose jobs. They hate their noses. They, they, they hate well, the way Well, if you look, hate it that much, then it. go get a nose job. I mean, I don't. I'm fine with it now. Yeah, exactly. So I'm saying you should go want to go back and like comfort the child Greg and say, hey, everything's fine. No, what I want to go back and say, look, this, this little shit really is a little shit. He's half your size. Why don't you fucking kick him in the teeth instead of being so timid? Like, giving him so much fucking power. Look, well, I no, know. you gave him even more power by busting up your nose. I know for years. And that's why yeah, he you needs gave to, him. That's why he needs to pay power. I can't even remember his name. If I did, I'd hunt him down. He would have to pay. I was like, I you feel will like it's suffer. Kyle. Uh, or I, I, Nathan. I can't remember. Even if you said the name, I don't think it would mm -hmm. trigger a memory. Oh, maybe it's like Dustin. But anyway, so at the at the hotel, <laughs> I feel like these are good names for this kid. Nah, nah, Dustin was someone else. He was I'm a just nice saying. guy. Dustin was a nice guy. Oh, well, kind I'm not a, saying Dustins are bad guys. I'm just saying, like, it seems like this could be someone's name. I'm just saying, in my world, in this world, the Dustin in my life was a nice, goofy guy. So gotcha. it wasn't. It wasn't him. Okay. So I guess at the hotel I would have yeah busted out to go knock on the door of Kim. <laughs> Hello, Kim. do you want to talk to me? No, I have a boyfriend. Hi. Oh, yeah, I have a boyfriend in eighth grade. Shut up. I We're going boyfriend. out. We're going out. <laughs> what do you do? Nothing. We just see each other at school. You hold which, hands. Just <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Look, I know it's the beginning of all of that. Yeah, just, it is funny though how seriously people took it in eighth grade. Yeah, this is a very serious relationship. Oh, I know. To... Like, I remember being at a middle school dance and this girl was freaking out because her ex was there, like with somebody else. But she kept saying, my ex, my ex. And I was just thinking, what is he, your ex-husband? Who gives a shit? And how long did they go out? Yeah, who knows? <laughs> who knows? <laughs> oh, fuck. My, my ex. You bring up the, the middle school dance. I was uh, trying to be the photographer for the high school yearbook. Oh. And I was going to the dance with the camera and I bumped into someone and dropped the camera and the film shot out oh. and was ruined. You know, it was yeah. exposed to the light. So it was ruined at that point. And I felt so upset and scared. And you look back on it, it's like, it's not that big of a deal. Who fucking cares? It's like, uh, there were some other pictures on there from some other event. I don't know. But taking the camera to the yearbook teacher, I really don't think I got much compassion. I think she actually was annoyed and acted oh. like I ruined something. Which if I were a teacher, an adult in that spot, I was like, it's fine. It's some pictures. Yeah. We've got plenty of pictures. We'll get some more pictures. Okay, we don't have some pictures from the fucking eighth grade dance. It doesn't matter. Right. Yeah, I've I've been like that with my own kids where 
they've done something semi on purpose but on accident you know like they're fucking around too much and i've told them to stop but then they actually like hurt me in some way um emotionally or physically <laughs> and i will get like offended and mad at them a little bit and well, then there like are other it- times where they'll like step on my foot or something and maybe in some other instance i would be kind of annoyed that they did that and then other times like oh that's my foot good thing i have two <laughs> let's go <laughs> you know but <laughs> I don't know why the difference with the teacher. She might have been more like, I'm sick of these fucking kids. It could be. But I was clearly upset and scared to tell That's her. That's true. About it. If, if you can see that, especially with like a little baby Greg coming in and, you know, if you pay attention to you at all, I'm sure they would understand that you were sensitive. I think this is the same fucking teacher who laughed at me when my voice cracked during uh, it was actually oh, during a presentation. Is, was it a woman or a man? It's a woman. Oh, fuck her. I was like, my voice cracked giving a presentation and the whole class laughed. And so did she. Wow. What a and maybe, look, maybe that is funny, but I, I feel like you don't openly do it. You, you gotta, yeah, of course not. You're the teacher. You're an adult. You're supposed to set it some kind of example. And with the camera, like you're talking about your kids and kids in general. I feel like if you're if kids are acting in a way they shouldn't be acting. And I know some of it's testing boundaries and learning and all that. But yeah, if if they're doing something on purpose, maybe they should know better Then, as an adult. It's clearly okay to be stern and, and try to use it as an opportunity to teach them something when it's just a straight up accident and they clearly feel bad. It's like, it wasn't like I was running around with the camera or anything. Someone I was yeah. standing in the bleachers and someone actually just bumped into me and I dropped the thing. Yeah. And I, I would feel as an adult now that I would, <laughs> if knowing the situation, try to, to reassure the, the person, the kid. Yeah, You could be like, Oh no, that sucks. Are you, I don't know if I would go know? that far. I'd be like, look, it's okay. Well, yeah, I would, I, I think I would express disappointment like, Oh man, but Hey, it's all right. You know, it's just some pictures, whatever. Yeah. I don't even know if I would express disappointment. It's like, it's fine. Not that big of a deal. You're going to be dealing with more things in your life. And then I would joke like, I'm going to take this out of your pay. (laughs) I don't make any money. Dang it. What a fucking terrible time. I know we've talked about middle school before. Oh, I know. I remember my cousin who was in middle school and I was like, ugh, middle school. And she was like, I love it. (laughs) What? Well, you're about to hated middle school. You're about to be there again. When does Ellie get into middle school? She's got she's in fourth grade. Oh, but those years fly by, you know it. She'll oh, be sure. There. She'll yeah. be there before you know. A friend of hers is one year older. So she's in fifth grade. And I was talking to Ellie about it. I was like, man, you know, Eleanor is going to be in uh, middle school next year. And she's like, did you know they don't have recess in middle school? <laughs> she's like, what? How is that possible? Like, ew, you're right. <laughs> it's the worst. We didn't. We had gym class. Yeah, gym. That's not recess. Where sometimes they make you go run a mile. It was fucking insane. We would go run a mile in gym class and then you'd have to go be in math right after that. Felt like sweaty. We would change clothes. That's when that started. And in in elementary school, you didn't change clothes for gym class, but gym was also just playing four square and shit. Yeah. But they would, we'd change clothes. We'd actually have to run. You'd still be really fucking sweaty. It's like, all right, just put on your other clothes again. <laughs> That's why I didn't participate. I like would not bring my change out clothes or whatever. I'm like, I'm not doing this shit. I don't want to. All right, give me, make me sit down. Who know? I have to sit. I didn't give a shit. I hate it when we had to do basketball because I sucked at basketball. And now that I think about that, uh, a coach mocked me because I couldn't do a layup. Like it was one of those things where everyone's in line. And so everyone was watching, like you do a layup yeah. and then the person after you would go and you just get back in line and do it again. And, uh, I, I what the fuck, what the fuck is up <laughs> with, and this one actually, well, if you was, think about it, how old were they? They could have been like 32. It doesn't like matter. 28. I, I'm in high school at this point. This is ninth grade. The layup. But, uh, a little older probably, but yeah, what dicks? Seriously. Mm-hmm. Like the, the mentality now, of a now lot that of we're the, adults, don't you understand? Like, yeah, they're assholes. I just can't imagine 
like I do think that kids are assholes uh, in middle school and mm-hmm. and high school and the way the hierarchy and the popularity and the cliques form. Uh, but it's also the nature of things. And as an adult, you feel as though you would set some kind of example. And I feel like the yeah. coaches, the coaches were the ones who helped facilitate the the um, division, really. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm a coach. Cool kids play sports. I'm going to help push you to where you belong on the non-cool side by mocking you in front of the people who can do a layup in basketball. Well, yeah, because they still want to sort of belong. They want the cool kids to think they're cool. And then I played soccer and one of the coaches, a different coach. uh, I remember just saying in front of, you know, the whole gym class. Calling me and this other kid who played soccer out saying it wasn't a real sport and it was a sport for girls (gasps) Uh, and real sports. You in real sports, people use their hands. (laughs) I remember him gesturing with his hands. They use their hands. Ew, what an <laughs> idiot. <laughs> I, playing soccer, that's something I dealt with my whole life. When we when I played on a club team, uh-huh. uh, people would drive by the fields and just yell, soccer's for pussies. So <laughs> That's kind of funny. I guess. <laughs> I feel like you could have been on either side of that scenario. Yeah. Uh, I don't really mock people who aren't deserving of being mocked. Oh, I know. But just more like in a car of guys all riding around. Here's a target. I'm just going to yell something at them. I mean, there yes, there was certainly was a point where anybody yeah. could have been a target. I did always try to focus that on people who I felt as though deserved it. Now, who am I to pick who deserves it? But, you know, there, there were I know people... What you mean. There were people who were in positions, higher positions, positions of power and strength and whatever that looks like when you're a teenager. But, you know, the nerdier, lesser than kids, mm. not that I was actively protecting them, but I, I, it just felt like an easy target. And we all go through it where you make fun of people because they're fat or they're ugly or they walk weird or whatever. Sure. Because <laughs> they put on some stupid shirt. But I, I feel like quickly, or in some words, I didn't like that. And, and so for the most part, I was quiet until I felt as though I had established myself enough where I could challenge people who were in different positions. And, you know, whatever. Sometimes it, I'm surprised I didn't get my ass kicked. There was one time this kid bullied me and, and came up to my locker and like kicked me in the back of the leg and I dropped my books. And then I, I just called him fatso, I think. And he wasn't really that fat. He was a lot bigger than me. I said, I said, do that again, fatso. And then he like pushed me and I said, yeah, do it again, fatso. And then he pushed me again. And I just kept saying it and then he stopped. Then he actually left me alone after that. But he also could have just beaten me up on the spot if he had wanted. I feel like I made fun of people silently. Like I would see something and then tell my friend, like I saw a pimple on the back of so-and-so's head. Ew, he's so gross. <laughs> and then. I it. mean, everyone's dealing with zits and yeah, it's. Remember how it was like such a big fucking deal to have a pimple? Well, on your face, it's different, but like on the back of your neck and then you're also like a disgusting kid. Like, yeah, make fun of that, but not to them. I would never do it to them. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like we all had to deal with that and it was a big deal. And obviously some people had it worse than others, but getting a zit on your face, like, oh my God. So uh, knowing that feeling instead of, having compassion i'm not saying you but in general yeah it's like this is the way kids process things instead of having compassion it's like oh i know what it's like to deal with that and i shouldn't make fun of them it's like instead of of sympathizing with them you go after them and like that's how you alleviate all those bad feelings you have for yourself when you get a Mm. zit (laughs) it's it makes zero sense and if it's part of the learning process that's fine i feel like most people just get stuck there though it's like yeah. nobody actually grows out of that part of it. So instead of learning to uh, empathize and process your own feelings, it's like, yeah, having a zit sucks. I hate it. And I'm a bit embarrassed, but at the end of the day, it's not that big of a deal. Instead, it's, ah, oh, it fucking sucks. But look at that person. They've got one too. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. Look at your stupid zit, you fucking idiot. You're so but fucking I, ugly. I think the, the, 
the real sort of line is, do you do it to their face and somewhat enjoy, you know, putting them down or like getting them to fight? You know, that's too far. (laughs) It is something else. That's something else. Because I remember being in elementary school and I was getting picked on, I guess, or like not included, you know, with a group of like specifically ousted from a group. And then somebody wanted to sort of buddy up with me and I did the same shit that the other girls were doing to me. And I felt really bad about it. And I was like, oh, that's how I felt. I made her feel that way. That's that, I didn't like that. Like, it's just a bad feeling. Well, you're not an alien, apparently. Apparently Unlike, not. Or maybe you are, because if most of people act the opposite and don't get that bad feeling, then maybe you're the alien. And maybe just I just humans. have parents that love me. <laughs> I don't think it always boils down to that. It's just... Uh, uh, it could be. It could be there's some sort of, like, something missing that you're having to I don't think that look it contributes certainly yeah okay and you know I was joking earlier about the kid who was making fun of everyone's noses uh but he was a bad home life maybe he did maybe his dad mm-hmm. fucking beat him I don't know it's not necessarily an excuse but certainly that would contribute to the way he acted but I also think you're just vying for your spot in the hierarchy and the pecking order and even if you have a good home life, there are some people who are going to become a little more active and competitive in that and will do sure, what they need to do. Sure, it could just be their, their personality trait. Who yeah, knows? because it fucking sucks. Yeah. I was on the train yesterday and uh, this is just going back to me being somewhat surprised I haven't gotten my ass kicked <laughs> in my life. And I'm on the train alone, like meaning I'm not riding with anyone I know. There's plenty of other people on the train. And this guy comes in with his fucking Bluetooth speaker and starts yeah. blasting some music. And I just start saying audibly, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Hear this fucking shitty music. Cause like, do you think that people are going to like your music and they're going to get up and dance? And then I moved to the other side of the car. I was like, I have to get away from this shit. <laughs> and he didn't say anything. Oh my God. He must've heard me. He didn't have, I mean, there were no yeah. Yeah, earbuds yeah. or anything in because he was blasting the music. But I don't, I just, it really irks me because there's no thought. I like, what is the thought? Yeah, the thought is I don't care. I just don't fucking care if it annoys you to hear my music. Or you really do think people are going to enjoy it, which you know, I can be less mean about that. I still think you're an idiot. People don't want to just hear the. Uh, do you really have the thought that people are going to, Join in, dance, sing. I don't know. I have no fucking clue what goes yeah. through someone's mind. I don't either. But uh, I have been in that place where it like winds me up inside. You know, when someone is doing something like that and that I want to say something, but I can't like I or I don't or whatever. And now it's like it really just feels like, OK, whatever. I really just maybe it's my medication. <laughs> It's fine. They can just do that. It doesn't bother me anymore. I, maybe I'm just getting, turning into that old person. Mm-hmm. The thoughts are always in my head. I just, similar, it's like, ah, I, I, what's the, what are you going to get out of saying something? But now if I'm walking on the sidewalk and there's a group walking four wide blocking the sidewalk, I'll make a comment. It's like four wide. Yeah, cool. <laughs> They're like, what did he say? <laughs> no, I, when I was walking through the airport, there were like this group of three dudes and they were taking up the most space that they could, even though they were together. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. And then there was another guy who was standing in the middle of the hallway and he had his like rolly bag in front of him and he was looking on his phone, but he had his legs spread really wide. I was like, what are you doing? Like, why are you just trying to take up the most space? But I didn't say anything. But I just like went, like I laughed and sort of judged. Well, people do that on the train. Judged. People do that on the subway. Yeah, like, get the fuck out of here, the dude. Man spreading. I've well, never, yeah, that is shitty. <laughs> I've never look. There, there are clearly people who don't want to sit next to other people. I'm sorry. If you want to sit on the train, that's just part of it. Yeah, there's people who will take up space to take up an extra seat, or they will put a bag down in hopes yes. that somebody won't ask them to move it. And 
there's always going to be someone who will, but surprisingly, most people aren't going to even ask the person yeah. to move the bag or. Um, well, they're giving the signal. They're like, I don't want someone to sit next to me. So if you're brave enough to say, can you move that bag? Then maybe I will. Maybe I won't. But that's now your gamble. Well, I would I'd still squeeze in. Like, right. Well, I, I wouldn't sit on the bag, but I'd like kind of push it and wedge it in between us. Sure. And then on some of the trains, there were layouts where there were like three seats. Uh, there's the benches that run along the wall of the train, which is the common layout now. But there were some where it was like three seats along the wall, then three seats that no two seats that jut out. The yeah, reason I'm yeah. bringing this up is on those three seats. Sometimes someone would sit in the middle seat, daring the person to sit on either side of them. Which is a bold move because yeah. uh, I would always sit there. I was like, I don't give a shit. And then they would get annoyed. I saw a video. A fight had already broken out. Um, but apparently at the airport, some guy got really pissed because another guy came and sat next to him on a bench in the waiting area uh -huh. at the gate. Like, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> it's like, look, I don't want to sit next to other people. Yeah. I get it. You go to a movie, it's great when nobody sits next to you. Of if course. You, if you get on the train, like when I went to D.C. on Amtrak, on the way down there, I didn't have anyone sit next to me. On the way back, I did, and I was kind of annoyed that somebody was there. But yeah. I'm not going to get pissed at the fucking person because it's just the way it goes. We all want to sit alone, not next to people we don't know. Yes. But the fact that you actually get pissed about it when it happens and you start a fight over it. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand people that just, they really can't. Well, I mean, in a way that's, uh, that's not you, but you also have difficulty letting things go. And if you just, if you just apply that to these people who can't handle not getting the thing that they want, you know, it's the same feeling it's that they're not, feeling. It, it, it's similar, but it's, Maybe the feelings are similar, but the way they go about things are complete opposite sides here. Sure, 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 sure. I'm just saying it's, you know. I get pissed at the people who inconvenience other people's existence, who get in the way, who make it So you harder. feel like it's justified because it's not as selfish? Yes. And I'm not going to make a person feel bad because they sat next to me in a public area. No, no, of course not. Or like when you are on the train at the window seat. And you have to get off at a stop and the other person who's in the aisle seat has their laptop out. And then the, ugh, it's like, yeah, I have to get off the fucking train. I'm sorry. What do yeah. you want me to do? Yeah. Stay here. Oh, uh, I see that you're set up. So I'm just going to go past my spot. This is, <laughs> this is more Amtrak than the, the subway. Okay. But you know, any kind of commuter railroad where you're going longer distances, but it's, it's fuck you. Yeah. Give me a fucking break. There's zero, reason for you to express your disdain yeah standing up it's similar on planes too if you're in the oh, window yeah. seat and you need to go to the bathroom i feel like ugh, ugh. people the lady sitting so up. i was on the aisle and the lady sitting in the middle told me that she was going to have to use the bathroom a couple times while we we're on the flight and she was like just want to let you use it. i was like it's fine just let me know it's fine whatever did you think it was going to be a ploy at that point? It's like, we should just switch. We, you should take the middle because I got to get up a lot. <laughs> no. But when I was on the way home, the guy, I was again on the aisle and the guy sitting next to me was like sort of, I think that maybe he had had a drink or something. I don't know. Because he just, he was like trying to be too friendly and like, we're in the seats together and we're going to be sort of like, we're going to acknowledge each other and we're going to be friends. Like, I don't know. So I just definitely made sure to not engage. I did not want to engage You felt with it. Him. You could sense it. Yes. That, that he wanted to chat the whole flight. Well, if I'd given him, I think, I think if I'd given him the room to chat, he would, we would have been talking and I did not want to talk. <laughs> Maybe he knew who you were. No, he didn't know. He, he's from Atlanta and you're flying to Atlanta to go do the live lounge. It's like, no, I was coming home. So uh, or maybe uh, he was maybe he lives in Atlanta and was going to Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah. I, d maybe, I don't think so. Maybe he knew <laughs> when I'm in the aisle seat. Uh, I also, a lot of people don't know this, which surprises me, but you know, you can put up that armrest. The one I've that, tried to do that. I know the, you can, but there's a button underneath near the back. It's sometimes in different spots. Yeah. Sometimes it's like, uh, you have to, put your finger in a little hole in the plastic <laughs> to get to it. Other times it's yeah. easily accessible, uh -huh. but uh, 
if somebody needs to get up and I'm in the aisle, which is my preferred seat now. You just like pivot? Yeah, I just lift it and I just turn. Now, two people, like if the person in the window has to get up, I'll get up too because yeah, the yeah. aisle person has to get up. But if, I mean, the the center person has to get up. But uh, and then I do that and people ask either outright, what, how, how do you do that? Or I see people, and I do this when we land too and everyone tries to get up and get up. Like you, everyone stands and blocks the aisle. So stupid. But they'll get in your space. And yeah. I don't want to stand up, but I'll lift up. But the they'll arm put rest. their like butt in your face or like their backpack. They don't realize is jutting out into your on your shoulder. Yeah. So I put up the armrest and I turn my legs out. I stay uh-huh. seated and I block <laughs> that area so that they can't do anything. But I see other people at that point trying to do the armrest. And yeah, then I take real joy in teaching them something new. I was like, oh, there's a button under that. Like, there oh, you I go. Never, I never knew. And I feel very helpful. I need that armrest down so I can put my legs up because, you know, I like to sit with my knees bent well when you're Uh, taxiing and landing you and taking off you have to have it down oh sure the the one in the aisle they won't let you your armrests in the tray tables there was one time i was on a flight on a southwest flight where there's no first class and i was in like the third row and the flight attendant in the the jump seat who was looking out at all of us like Mm -hmm. we had landed and were taxiing to the gate and i put my hand there like i was going to lift it and she said don't do it (gasps) <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I know. Really, and I was like, okay. I Jesus, don't know what calm you've been down, dealing bitch. with. I know that you deal with assholes as a flight attendant. I do, but it's like I don't even fucking get drinks from you. I leave you alone. Right. Oh, I'm. I've changed so much on a plane. I used to be window seat. I want the whole can of the soda. I want all the snacks, and now I am aisle and nothing. Don't get. Yeah. I don't need anything. Yeah, well, the window stinks because you get trapped. And I know, but I liked the window. I used to love the window too because I also didn't need to get up a lot. Right. That one time I was flying back from India and I had food poisoning. I was about to shit my pants. Oh, and the two people next to me were eating their fucking meals. Oh, so that really was an instance where it's like I can't ask them to get up right now because they have their oh my spread. God. What and a nightmare. It was. And that, it was at that point, I was like, nope. Because. Not obviously it's a nightmare enough, but sitting there and thinking about the situation for what it is more outside of the diarrhea. It's like, I really am just trapped in this spot. Like, yeah. And I didn't like it. And it changed, changed my view. And now I take the aisle. And then there was a few times and then talking about, you know, sitting on the train and hoping that people don't sit next to you. There was a few times Christina and I flew where we would book the window and the aisle seat in hopes that somebody yeah, no one will sit in the middle. <laughs> yeah. And there's, there's a few times that happens, but look, they sell these planes out. Uh, quite often there aren't extra seats. So mm-hmm. somebody will sit in the middle and I don't get annoyed. It's like, okay, well it didn't work. Um, my fear at that point is they see us talking and they think, Oh, well you'll want to sit next Do to you each other. Switch? Yeah. Like, no. So then uh, the rule is if somebody does sit in the middle, we don't talk to each other. <laughs> Christina and I won't talk that way. They don't know and they don't even offer it up. But what we ended up doing now is just both getting aisle seats kind of across from each other. Then you're kind oh, of near each other. Oh, that's the best other. way to do it. Yeah. Unless it's a really long flight and then you want to like lay on each other to sleep. Yeah. But the middle seat fucking sucks. It really does. Yeah, it does. I know I'm not saying anything new here. But if you have the person next to you that you're with, then you can lift up the arm thing. You can like stretch out a little bit you don't worry about like not touching the other person at all it's a little bit different but i get what you're saying if you're going international too i think there's a greater chance of the flight not being completely sold yeah that's true it's less and then you can hopefully get a row without a a third person yeah but it is you would think on those long haul flights like i'm talking 9 10 11 12 13 that flight to china was 15 hours you would think that there would be more room but no, they shove you in just like yeah. domestic coach and you fucking sit there. It it doesn't feel as long for whatever reason, though. I think it's just such a great length of time that you don't think about it. Like your brain goes to a, a different mode. And yeah, I get it. Like when I drove to Chattanooga, it was like almost 10 hours. And is it that long of a drive? Yeah. Nine fifty. Nine wow. hours, 50 minutes. I guess that makes sense. Like going through North Carolina, Virginia are just fucking long trips. They're so long. But yeah, and I just, it it was weird how I was, you know, 
very much ready to get out, but uh it didn't feel like 10 hours. And I know that like just driving up to see you those times um, felt like, oh, I hate this. Like it's taking so long. It was only three hours. I feel like less time. Yeah, less worse. time is harder. The flight to flight to Atlanta quite often. I It's only two hours and 50 minutes. I hate it. I just, <laughs> I just, your, your brain doesn't turn off in the same way. Yeah, it doesn't. It's like, oh, two hours and 15 minutes. And then- Meanwhile, it's like gonna fly to Japan. Gonna <laughs> no be, problem. Be a twelve-hour flight from LA. It's like, oh, okay. They're like, what? We're here already. What the fuck? Yeah. Because there ain't much sleeping happening on the plane for me. Me either. It's so hard. I don't know how people just pass out. We got the neck pillow. I have slept on a plane, but it feels like that half-awake sleep. It is. Yeah. You don't fully go. And if you do, I feel like it's very short and you jerk awake. (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) Or like you wake yourself up with some sound you've made. You're like, oh, oh, God, fuck. (sighs) Yeah. You're like, oh, no, did I make that out loud? And then those those fancy lie flat seats. I've only been in one of those. Never. Uh, Never done it. Well, it was through work. They're very expensive. It blows my mind how expensive they are. But uh flying to portugal which wasn't that long of a night but it was a, a flight but it was an overnight flight uh it's weird like you feel the plane in a different way when you're laying down hmm. okay it's like you feel like oh i really am fucking hurtling through the air and i can feel the, really the bumps and stuff more than i i could when i was sitting up <laughs> so i wasn't really able to sleep on that either it's very strange but they have strange. these planes now with these uh like it's Emirates Airlines for the really people. Oh yeah, rich it was like people. showers. Yeah, showers and your own separate cabin. Mm-hmm. They give you clothes to wear. They give you pajamas. Yeah, that would be look. That's a fucking amazing thing. But is it worth twenty five thousand dollars one way? <laughs> it's it's just no. If I ever, I so Ellie really wants to go to Japan. <laughs> she keeps saying like, "Well, when we go, you know, this this will happen, and we'll see this, and we'll do that." <laughs> I'm like, okay. Uh, I really would want to be able to be in a place where I could splurge on the nice seats. It's maybe they're deals. Sometimes maybe deals pop up. Yeah. Like to me, if a, if a first class, whatever the fuck they call it these days, I don't know. They've yeah. got all these different designations. Premium. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Pretty like Delta is like, it's Delta one. There's no more first or business. Oh yeah. Well, and now just to get an aisle, or a window. Sometimes you have to pay $20 more. Yeah. If it's not in the back of the plane, like that's, yeah. a, pre- that's a preferred Fuck. seat. You don't want to be in the back of the plane. And uh, I sure don't. Yeah. Well, they know you'll pay the $20, but I know such assholes going back to those fancy seats. If they were $2,000, $3,000 round trip, like to me, that's splurging. It's like, uh, okay, I'll say, but it's like, they're, they're fucking $12,000. I know. So the How splurge, that? <laughs> because that's a thing. There are some people who are so rich, that's nothing to them. And they're the ones who take it. Or there's businesses, uh, uh, businessmen flying. And by that, I mean women too. I just say, you know. yes, <laughs> but the company, which there are fewer companies these days. I feel like that will pay that, but there's still seemingly plenty, especially in finance and big business and, you know, you want to show off like that still means something when you're trying to woo clients or even if they're not buying the seat for them, if you're sending one of your employees out to woo them, you're like, oh, yeah, I flew because you don't want the business to come off as cheap. So the person right. gets to fly in the ungodly expensive fucking seat. Whoa. Just really quick flight. First class flight to Japan cost. Yeah. Seventeen thousand five hundred and four dollars. Yeah. Yeah. To Tokyo. Damn. There you go. All right. Well, then how much does a first class flight? $2,483 is the average price for first class flights to Japan. Well, to it, reduce yeah. the cost of flying with premium cabin seat classes, travelers should be flexible with their choice of airlines and flight dates. Yeah. You also have to look into what that means. Like, yeah. The one time when I flew to Tokyo for work. We bought fancier seats. They weren't these, you know, the seats we're talking about where you lie flat, but 
they're the equivalent of what old first class seats were. Right. Mm-hmm. So there were so it's different, nicer. Yeah. They had I, on that one. I feel like they had four different cabins. The really uh-huh. nice one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like the extra really top of the line. Nice one. Then the nice one. And then the one we were in, which was pretty nice. And then coach. Right. So there are ways to do it. There's also apparently a travel hack, but you have to get the fucking Amex platinum card. It doesn't have to be the platinum card. You can get any Amex card. You just need to get enough points. But the Amex platinum, uh, if you get a welcome bonus of 150,000 points, it gets you close through Virgin Atlantic. We can stop after this because we are over an hour. But yeah, uh, the travel hack. Let's end the show with the travel hack. (laughs) Okay. Um, (laughs) Amex points. You can convert them to Virgin Atlantic points. Quite often they do like a 1.3, 1.5 deal where so you'll get okay. 1.3 points for every Amex point you have. Right. You convert those and then uh, Virgin doesn't fly to Japan, but through one of their partner airlines, since one of the Japanese airlines, I don't remember if it's ANA or just Japan, Japanese airlines, but um, through their partner airline, you can book one of these first class seats, two, two round trip tickets for like 200,000 points. Uh, But you can't do it online. So you have to call Virgin and talk to a person and you have to be flexible in your dates because you don't know, but there is a way to do it and get it for a reasonable price. Now, Hmm. I mean, what's a reasonable price? The the platinum card itself is $695 a year. Right. Uh, But it is a good travel card because you have, if you travel a lot, like you get access to lounges and stuff. And I think there are ways to make that, annual fee worth it certainly but that's that's there's a way to do it it's okay. difficult it takes many steps but uh well if if we ever if ellie and i ever go i'll i'll call you well i gotta try to figure it out i want to figure out how to do it myself so maybe yeah. i've tested the waters okay and i'll let you know travel hack get the amex i'm not being paid by amex i really shouldn't encourage anyone to You're get paying any credit amex. cards i know i shouldn't encourage anyone to get any credit cards since credit cards destroy lives hmm They want to trap you in debt. Just pay $40 a month. It's fine. The interest will keep going up and you'll never get out. But yeah, no worries. It's the minimum payment. Just keep spending. Spend, spend, spend. You need more things. Things that you need. Here's things you need. So what the fuck was, I don't know, it's, it's, it's fall, right? It's already October 15th. I'll just label this our free for fall 2023. Oh, okay, good idea. Since whatever the fuck we talked about was all over the map. All right. Thanks, everybody. Love you. Uh, Have a good week. Uh, We'll talk to you next week. Love you. Bye.